Good evening. Let's call to order the Planning Commission meeting study session of September 25th at 6 p.m. The city strongly denounces hate speech and does not tolerate disruptive behavior in our meetings. Sunnyvale prides itself on the rich diversity of our residents. We are committed to creating a culture of belonging where members of our diverse community feel included, safe, and respected. Before we get started, I'd like to remind participants of some procedural items for this meeting. During the meeting, remote participants will remain muted when not speaking. If remote par participants have a question or comment, please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon to speak one at a time. Members of the public may participate in person, online, or by telephone to provide public comment. Please submit a speaker card to the recording officer in, or in person or use the raise hand feature online to request to speak, which is star nine on the telephone. Location and teleconference meeting details are available on the agenda. Captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the show captions button. Following this study session, the regular planning commission meeting will begin at 7 p.m. and we strongly encourage the public to stay tuned and participate to our regular meeting. Recording officer, may we please have the roll call. Chair Pine. Present. Commissioner Cerrone. Present. Vice Chair Iglesias. Present. Commissioner Howe. Present. Commissioner Davis. Present. Commissioner Shukla. Present. We have six commissioners present and Commissioner Howard advised us in advance that he would not be attending this meeting. Thank you. All right, for tonight's study session, we have one item. It is number 23-0908. It's a proposed project special development permit for the, for the demolition of an existing two-story office building and the construction of a 29-unit seven-story apartment building on the location of 1202 in Kiefer Road. Is there a staff presentation? Yes, good evening, commissioners. My name is Momoko Ishijima. Um, I'm the project planner for this project. If you can please uh, go to the next slide. The um, project is a special development permit for the demolition of an existing two-story office building and the construction of a seven-story 29-unit apartment building. Next slide, please. This is an aerial photo of the um, project area. So the project site is delineated with the red, um, red line around the parcel. It's on the southeast corner of Lawrence Expressway and Kiefer Road. Santa Clara, city of Santa Clara is on the north side of Kiefer Road on both sides of Lawrence Expressway. And uh, Sunnyvale actually is on the south side of Kiefer Road, both on both sides of Lawrence Expressway. So it's adjacent to Costco um, and the parking lot that you see um, surrounding the project site. And Lawrence Station, Caltrain Station is just to the south, about a thousand feet from the project site. Um, and I just wanna orient you that the, uh, the development that is across the street on Kiefer Road, which is in the city of Santa Clara, is um, about like a 900 unit um, development that has been going on for the past few years. And Summer Hills apartment complex across the street is uh, over 200 units, and that's a six story building. Um, there's also a um, apartment complex on the on the Sunnyvale side, which is on the other side, on the west side of Lawrence Expressway on Kiefer. And it's the Savoy development, um, which is a five-story development. It's 
it has like a ye yellow um, identification marker just on the left edge of the aerial. Uh, if you can move on to the next slide, please. So this view is the existing um, two-story office building. And um, there's parking currently in front of the building and two driveway accesses, one on Kiefer and one on Lawrence Station Road. And Lawrence Station Road is kind of like an access road that um, takes you down to Costco's um, Costco and the gas station, you know, that of Costco, and also down to the Caltrain station. And then it loops around on the uh, west side of uh, west side of Lawrence uh, Expressway um, out to Kiefer. Um, so there's some mature trees on this property. There's some redwood trees and um, an African pine fir tree. Um, and there are some redwoods also in the front of the um, property. And there's a small palm tree also adjacent to the driveway access. Next slide, please. So the background on this project is the, um, the general plan designation is uh, Lawrence Station Area Plan Transit Mixed Use. And the zoning is Lawrence Station Area Plan MXD1, which is the flexible mixed use one designation. The applicant filed a um, SB 330 preliminary application right before the, um, the, the, the new LSAP was approved, but before it went into effect, they filed the um, SB 330 preliminary application, and that basically locked in the development standards as well as the um, the fees that would be associated with with this development according to that time when it was um, filed. So it would be under the 2016 Lawrence Station Area Plan and also all the development um, standards and fees that would have applied at that time. Um, next slide, please. So here is the proposed site plan. Um, and as you can see, there's a one access off of um, on the Lawrence Station roadside. So there, there won't be an access point on Kiefer roadside. And they, the applicant has kind of had to design this um, site plan because uh, kind of squished the whole site towards the, um, the south and eastern property lines. And part of the reason why is because there is a grade separation project that is um, been in concept and designed and it's a county Lawrence Expressway grade separation. Every and it's south of 101 all the way down to, I, I believe, Homestead Road right now. So um, when that project, I believe, is funded, but we don't have a date of when it would go forward. But when that, when that project happens, that there will be um, some land that would need to be dedicated from this property. And it wouldn't be for Lawrence Expressway, 
but it would be for the realignment of Lawrence Station Road, which is a city right of way. So um, if you can move to the next slide, please. So the green line here shows um, the existing property line. And as you can see, this property is a little bit of an awkward shape and it's narrower at Kiefer and then flares out towards um, the south side of the property. But this plan shows what the new alignment would be. So if you can go back to the previous slide, this is what they're proposing. And this would be the project that we would be reviewing because we have no um, timing on when the grade separation would happen. It could be five years, it could be, you know, 20 years. We don't, we just don't know. But the applicant was able to work with a sight line that we're, we were provided from both the county and our traffic department and kind of design their site plan to accommodate the future realignment of Lawrence Station Road. So um, in doing that, you know, um, the setbacks along the south and eastern side is have been reduced quite a bit so that they could um, get their project in and meet the density requirement of the pro um, of the land land designation, the zoning designation. So the first floor here, as you can see, is um, the parking area. And there's a lobby space and some um, other amenity spaces. And they're also accommodating the um, solid waste um, collection on site inside the building. And um, what they're proposing is um, using a mechanical lift for the project. So there's 52 parking spaces and of that 47 would be accommodated using a mechanical lift and it's a four level mechanical, four story mechanical lift. Um, next slide, please. Uh, if you can move on to the next slide, please. So this is um, just a kind of a um, example of a floor plan. So it's seven stories. And it's 29 units, but um, all the units are either three bedroom or four bedroom. So it's um, not as many units, but each unit is like a larger unit. And each unit consists of bedrooms with their own private bathrooms. And I'm going to leave it to the applicant to explain their concept behind this. They have a target sort of um, um, population for, I think they're identifying a need for this type of housing, um, you know, um, design. So, and each floor has a co-working type of uh, a lounge and a co-working space on some of the floors and they have a lot of um, rooftop and outdoor spaces that um, that calls for you know um, people to be able to enjoy um, because there aren't that many landscaped areas uh, outside um, if you can move on to the next slide please this is the 
streetscape elevation as you're looking at it from Kiefer Road and Lawrence Expressway and Kiefer Road. So um, the materials that they're using are um, fiber cement siding panels that look like wood. And that is mostly what you see here. The white part is um, stucco and then storefront windows and a green screen um, towards uh, where the um, parking structure would be. And um, you could see like the image of some of the trees that would be retained um, in the front of the building. Next slide, please. This view is if you are coming down Kiefer Road towards Lawrence Expressway. So um, the, the fiber cement panels that look like wood is shown towards the front of the building closer to Kiefer. Then you see the stucco material um, towards the back. And then if you can move to the next slide, please. This is the Southeast vision of the project. So this is what you would see if you were in Costco's parking lot. So the part that's on the lower two floors, that is where the um, mechanical lifts would be. And um, most of the, uh, uh, the material that you can see from this view would be stucco and some, some fiber cement paneling close to the windows where it's gray. Um, next slide, please. So this is the view as you would see it if you were coming up Lawrence Station Road towards Kiefer. So that's the entry into the garage that you see. Uh, next slide, please. So this is a list of the waivers that the project is seeking. Um, so the front setback, um, this is along Lawrence Station Road. There is a point where it um, is about six feet, five inches, but the average is over, uh, it's over 20 feet, um, but there is a point because the parcel narrows as it gets closer to Kiefer. And um, so the requirement's 15 feet and they're proposing six feet, five inches. Um, the front setback on Kiefer Road, there's a point also that it's um, 11 feet, one inch. That's uh, at the Northern part of the project, but the average is over 20 feet. Um, and then the side and rear setback is one feet, six inches, where 10 feet is the requirement. And then um, there's um, the minimum frontage landscape width is 15 feet, and that would be for both Lawrence Station Road and Kiefer, and they're requesting the six feet five and 11 feet one. So that's not for the entirety of the um, frontage. Of course, it would just be for the, the two points that are narrower right now. Um, if you could move on to the next slide, please. So this is a summary of the density bonus law. The project is um, providing four below market rate units um, with um, one very low and three um, low, I, I believe low, and 0 0.35 fractional units to be paid as an in-lieu fee. Um, the applicant um, can apply the density bonus law. So under that, um, you know, the applicant's entitled to have any number of waivers 
or redu reduction to the development standards. So those are the ones that um, I reviewed in the previous slide. And um, they actually meet the parking requirement. So there's no um, waiver sought for the parking um, because they meet the parking, they're actually exceeding the parking requirement by two. It's just that it will be in a mechanical lift solution. And, um, you know, I think the justification for this is that the lot is kind of an irregular shape and they're trying to meet the uh, density requirements for the lot, which is um, up to 68 dwelling units per acre. This is a 0.54 acre site. They're providing 29 units, which is um, meets the 75% requirement of the general plan. And um, also, you know, they've had to kind of shift the building closer to the south and east property lines because of the future right of way. Um, and they're accommodating um, that design through this site plan. So if you can move on to the next slide, please. So um, the feedback that we're requesting tonight is um, about the project design and site planning and also discussion on the waivers requested. And I believe the applicant has a presentation after that. So thank you. Oh, one more thing. Um, I did receive a comment from the public um, regarding this project before the study session. And um, they were citing the loss of the trees as um, a concern. But um, I, they are going to be saving seven redwood trees in the in the front. And um, here, I was going to go over this. So the total number of trees to be removed right now are 55. 39 are protected and 16 unprotected. And most of these trees are the ones that you see behind the building um, because they have to move the um, proposed building close close to the um, to the um, property lines and um, they are proposing to pay an in lieu fee for the replacement tree so we have a replacement tree standard but because um, um, there aren't too many spaces for the trees to be planted um, they are proposing to pay an in lieu fee for some of the tree replacement trees so um the um, the person who provided comments had cited the objective design guidelines and the protection of natural features as part of the comment. The objective design guidelines was adopted this year in June, so it doesn't apply to this project because of um, they had applied in 2021, and on top of that, they had uh, subsequently applied for an SB 330 preliminary application. So um, we have to review this under the 2016 um, requirements. Thank you. Thank you very much for the presentation. At this point, we'll conduct uh, commissioner questions and comments. As a reminder to my colleagues to please use the raise hand button to indicate that you wish to speak. Uh, we'll start with Chair Pine. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, I'm saving a bunch of stuff for after we hear from the applicant, but uh, the 
but a couple questions for Steph. First of all, uh, uh, kind of, uh, could we, when this comes back, it doesn't have to be tonight, but when this comes back for a public hearing, could we get like what the average frontage width is and not just not like we got kind of the minimum frontage width in the table, but just if we could get what the average is, I think that would be useful. Actually, I think um, the in the table that we had for the waivers, uh, Joy, if you can. You had the average, you had the average setbacks, but you didn't have the, for the, but you didn't have for the frontage landscaping. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so just, just when that comes back, I don't need that. I don't need that tonight. Uh, uh, the uh, second question, uh, do we, uh, is this a good time to talk about sidewalk width? Because, and the reason I'm asking that kind of meta question is because I, I actually walked around the site today, this weekend and I, the sidewalk most of the time is kind of, normal Sunnyvale sidewalk width, which is honestly narrower than it should be, but I'm pretty sure it's within regulations. But there are a couple kind of pinch points on the sidewalk where there's like a where there are like poles in the middle of the sidewalk and you have to kind of go around them. And so I and on my list of things to ask about tonight was going to be sidewalk improvements. But if the entire area is going to get kind of going to get regraded and restructured, then is that even something I should be talking about tonight? Um, as part of the uh, the uh, review of the plans, the Public Works Department reviewed and commented on the new right of way requirements. So they they right now I believe it's um, the sidewalk is right next to the street, yep. but they have to actually provide a park strip and then sidewalk. So they they will have to provide an upgrade to what's there now. And the applicant can probably speak to this a little bit more. Okay. So the, all the comments that we provided to them are as if like the grade separation is not happening, right? Okay. So they, they do still have to do all of the upgrades um, to the uh, offsite um, as if this is a new project. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and my last, uh, and my last uh, question for uh, staff, I think, is going to is, uh, I know that Sunnyvale has the laws about maximum occupancy, and I don't, but I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. Uh, could you re? Is it? And I and I know this kind of a little bit of a tangential question so i don't know if you actually have this at hand but uh do you know but like what would be the maximum legal occupancy for like a three-bedroom or a four-bedroom apartment as proposed i'm just kind of curious uh, that would end up being a building code issue so we probably have to come back and and get you that information i don't know it off the top yeah of my head. i like i know i know it's a code thing i don't just just the way just because i i i read i saw applicants a little uh project summary thing on the first page of the plans and it, it is a thing that i felt is kind of relevant to this project so i was just kind of curious if you had that off the top of your head i i want to say it's i'm not going to speculate i could look it up in the municipal code uh, at some point if, if i can jump in so i'm not you know i'm not the building official so i want to double check this but my recollection is there really isn't a building code standard that caps the number of people who can live um, in a in a house. There's a, a standard that says a, a 
room used for sleeping has to be at least 70 square feet, I believe. And, and then additional square footage is required if it's designed for more than one person. Um, but we don't have anything that regulates, you know, you can't have more than five people in this apartment. Okay. Um, obviously, if something becomes um, a, new, a public nuisance because there's too many people living, uh, that would be a code enforcement issue. Okay, yeah, I just... Like, I know there are some jurisdictions that have somewhat more restrictive laws. I personally think those jurisdictions are wrong, and I'm glad Sunnyvale doesn't have something like that. But I did, but I do. It was just something I wanted to flag. Um, uh, that is what I had for staff. I have a bunch more for the applicant when we get to there. Thank you, Chair. Uh, next, we have Commissioner Davis. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair. Thank you for the presentation. It's very nice. I just have a couple of questions about clarifications. Um, the setbacks and landscape width figures that you gave us, that is with the current right-of-way, not the hypothetical, mythical future grade separation. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, I've been hearing about grade separation since at least 10 years now. Um, I think it's mythical at this point. Uh, and then the in-lieu fees for the trees, um, how does that work exactly? So if um, the number of replacement trees is based on the size of the tree that you're removing. So let's say if you had like a 24 inch redwood tree, okay. this is, we measure it by circumference. Actually, it's 38 inches or more. Um, our pr protected tree size is 38 inches or more circumference measured at 4.5 feet off the ground. So if it if it's one tree, then there may be like two 24 inch trees that you have to you, you have to replace it with. But um, so if they're removing 39 protected size trees of varying sizes, you know, it could be quite a number of trees that they have to plant on the pro mm -hmm. property, but they don't have the space for that. Right. And um, then we would, um, there's a in-lieu fee value that we have on our fee schedule um, based on the size of the tree that they're supposed to plant. So they would pay that um, and we would um, collect that during the building permit process. Um, maybe you don't know, I'm sure the applicant probably does. What kind of ballpark are we looking for, looking at then for the in-lieu fee? Is this $100,000, a million dollars? Oh, no, it's not like that. Um, I can, let's see if I can bring up the uh, fee sheet to let you know what, okay. what the fee schedule is. Um, let me see. Oh, I, it's a 28,000. 28,000? Okay, thank you. Oh. Um, and um, I didn't bother to count the number of bedrooms total. Um, I know there's one bathroom for every bedroom, but how many bedrooms are we looking at total it doesn't seem looking at dwelling units per acre when we have three and four um, doesn't really give me an idea of how many people are going to live there so out of the 29 um, units i believe five are three bedrooms and the rest are four bedrooms oh wow so, okay yeah so so you know, over a hundred then Oh. 
<laughs> uh, Chair Pine pointed out to me it's in the packet. I just glanced over it. Uh, that's all my questions for staff. Thank you. Through the through the chair, if I may, it's 111 bedrooms. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Davis. Uh, next, we have Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, thanks, Vice Chair, and thanks for the uh, presentation. Uh, just some questions that haven't been uh, asked. Now, we and once again, we're testing the uh, lack of uh, really lack of requirements for setback. Um, and now we're this is a one and a half feet. Um, I presume one inch would be legal, right? Under the density bonus law, yes, I think so. I'm just, uh, I was looking at the site as well. And of course, it's a Costco parking lot all around it. And, and the cars are parking up to the curb on the close to the property line. And then the front of the vehicle extends, you know, maybe two feet or three feet above that. Um, uh, hopefully, something will be done to avoid the cars actually running into the building as they park. Um, uh, maybe something that can be done with Costco or something to prevent that from happening because the, it looks like that would be possible. The car is parking there. Um, thanks for clarifying the future right of way. Um, the replacement trees, the in lieu fee then goes to buy replacement trees that are planted elsewhere in the city. Is that right? Is that the idea? Yeah, the fees would just go into a, a fund and the parks and rec would, would use those appropriately. So they could sort of be anywhere. Yeah. Um, could you uh, clarify the parking a little bit? Uh, it looks like there's elevators there. You, you alluded to it, but are there a bunch of elevators? It's kind of hard to tell in the picture what's going on. Uh, are there like five elevators or something? And I'm going to defer to the applicant to um, provide details of how the um, parking mechanical lift will operate. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm also wondering, is there um, valets or something? And uh, uh, really the question I'm getting to will be EV charging. Since there isn't, doesn't seem like there's a fixed location for yeah, I believe the EV charging component is part of the mechanical um, structure, but I'll again defer that to okay. the applicant to explain. Okay, we'll leave that for uh, the applicant. And um, the uh, and the open space uh, includes uh, whatever space is on the ground, the roof, right, the balconies, all of those things, right. And there's a, some greens uh, open space on the podium i guess too that's correct yeah they have a rooftop space some podium spaces and then there's some balcony spaces that's facing um east so it it does uh they do meet the um open space requirements it's a little bit less in lsap also because it's a um transit oriented type of development right yeah. right and um i'm just curious the objective standards uh, how would the current objective standards handle trees like that? They would still be taken out, wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I believe so. It would, yeah, I don't know. Is it, there any difference? 
Um, I'd say the objective standards would help us regulate the tree removal a little bit more, but I think because the site is so constrained, um, we know we have to give them some flexibility on that along with the in-loop fee. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. That's that's all I have. Thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioner Cerrone. Next, we have Commissioner Howe. Thank you. <clears throat> Two questions. Um, with this realignment, will this parcel, I'm assuming that this is one parcel um, that we're talking about, will this parcel gain square footage or lose square footage? It's losing square footage. That's fine. I yeah. just wonder if it was the gain, I'd want to know what was going to be done with it. <laughs> There's a component to the north that they gain a little bit right where it meets Kiefer, but most of the loss is along um, Lawrence Station Road. Okay. A very similar project came up before the Planning Commission some time ago. It was in Lakewood Village where there's apartments that are right next to Lawrence Expressway. And there were many mitigation measures such as noise and air pollution that had to be incorporated in those projects. Has this project taken a look at that, those two items? It'll be, yes, it is part of the, our environmental review about noise and construction noise and also air quality. Um, so the consultants, for the for the studies that the applicants prepared have some mitigation measures which will will be incorporated as part of the uh, conditions of approval so you'll have it in the staff report if it comes back yeah thank you very much thank you thank you commissioner how uh seeing no further commissioner hands questions uh vice chair has a question um with respect to the setback part of it that confuses me is um in the future, so if the building is set a foot and a half off the, the side um, and that parking lot, who knows what the future of that parking lot is, it, doesn't that impair that that adjacent property in the future? I don't believe so because um, the it's not the structures going into the other parcel, it'll just be very close. But as you know, you know, in a more of a denser um, development, their buildings are going to be closer to each other. So um, I believe, you know, whatever happens to the Costco site, um, they would have to accommodate the development with whatever fire separation technology that they use, because they may also require or request um, like a setback deviation or, you know, so, um, but it could be that Costco is there forever. You can always help. Yeah, <laughs> and there'll be a lot of space um, between this project and what's there now, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, one additional question. Since there's only one entrance and exit that's off of um, Lawrence, what is, is there concern at all that that's gonna cause congestion or is that gonna create uh, like an increased risk with, and other people are always gonna have to do U-turns to get in or when they're, when they're leaving, if they're able to get over to like the further lanes. I'm just curious, if, um, what the thoughts are on that? It was the advice of the our traffic division that um, there not be a um, access point from Kiefer because they expect that Kiefer is actually a little bit more of a faster traffic. Uh, I understand that Lawrence Station Road can get congested because of the traffic into Costco, but um, it, it is a slower slower um, traffic than uh, on Kiefer. 
and that that is how the uh, applicant has designed it too so it i'm not sure if that answered your question but um okay. maybe the applicant can speak to that too so All right. thank you and again thank you for the presentation Thank I'm you. at this point, the applicant will have an opportunity to share. You'll have 10 minutes. And after that point, commissioners will have an opportunity to ask some follow-up questions. And then you'll have five additional minutes to address um, any of the questions that were raised by the commissioners. Um, and so if we can have the clock set to 10 minutes. Thank you. I don't think yet. Hello? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, good evening, commissioners. Uh, thank you for allowing us to present to you the project for the first time. Uh, my name is Hawaii Lei with Studio T-Square. Uh, as a firm, we've done a lot of uh, multifamily affordable housing and market rate housing projects in the state. And within Sunnyvale specifically, we've done a couple of recent projects with the city. One is the uh, Astor Avenue development with Olympic Residential Group, which is across the Lawrence Expressway south of the Caltrain station. And likewise, we're recently completing plan check on the 1178 Sonora Court project with Midpen Housing, which is just north of the Caltrain station. So here at 1202 Kiefer, um, we're hoping to, again, bring another project that helps um, realize the goals of the LSAP. And in particular, we're excited to bring this to you today because this journey started back in 2020, before the pandemic started. Um, and through the course of working on the site for the great separation, working with different uh, city departments like traffic, solid waste management, we had to go through multiple iterations of the site plan and really took us down this path where we uh, present to you what, what's in front of you today. And so with that, um, I'd like to start the um, presentation for you. And thanks to Momo for a really detailed presentation. So for my part, I'll stay at a high level on the design process and then any kind of detailed questions I'm happy to answer. Uh, next slide, please. So this context diagram, I, I think we saw it earlier, but for us, when we look at this, it was more of an opportunity map. When we look at this intersection being the gateway between Santa Clara and Lawrence Expressway, um, we see you know, a really massive apartment project on the north at the Prado Apartments. And on the other side, Lawrence, also in Santa Clara is a five-story uh, office building. And then on the Sunnyvale side, there's another pretty large scale campus scale uh, office building with two stories. So on this corner, we looked at the site and realized, you know, if we were to use this as the kind of the final marker for this intersection, that, that would actually complete the gateway um, uh, representation pretty well. And on top of that, you know, looking at the other sites and the size of those sites, uh, we realize this is an opportunity to present a more boutique approach to the building design building design whereas you could see some of the larger sites they tend to have a lot of um, different languages different um, vocabularies to break up the building here we have a smaller site which allows us an opportunity to look at it as a more singular design maybe approach it more sculpturally versus trying to constantly break things up um, with different um, add-ons and color breaks and so on and so forth and then as far as the, the rental market, I think um, that was something Momo mentioned, but we looked at this need for us to provide um, rental housing for young professionals who in the past may have been splitting a three bedroom apartment with their friends, uh, with their fellow colleagues, but then they don't have their own private bathrooms. A lot of times your three bedrooms are 
you know, uh, outfitted with two bathrooms. And then there's also a large living room that's really underutilized, whereas the bedroom is really their sanctuary after working, right, coming home. So for us, we want to kind of invert the diagram and look at it differently. Say, is there a way for us to provide the focus uh, with the bedrooms being the focus and each occupant getting its own bathroom? And then the living space is really a secondary gathering space where they can meet with their friends. Or if they do have friends over, they have multiple lounges within the floor plan to kind of accommodate different size uh, gatherings, right? So to a question about the number of occupants, the intent is for each bedroom to have one occupant. And that's how we amenitize the space. Um, but again, we, we can't um, foresee or predict how that's going to be used, but that's really what we're seeing uh, for this site. Uh, and then in terms of proximity to the transit system, we see the Caltrain station being a great kind of uh, node for folks to get to and from their work. And we also have a lot of uh, flexibility for bike parking within the project. So uh, a mix of different um, kind of planning friendly uh, transit uh, modes there. Uh, next slide, please. And so taking a closer look at the site, I think we talked about some of the um, context that drove the design, but I think I want to point out at the intersection of Kiefer and Lawrence Station Road, we are preserving a really mature redwood tree um, at that corner, and that really shaped the building uh, outline. You could see we kind of carve the, the site, you know, carve away a portion of the site for the tree and had the footprint of the uh, ground floor follow that carve out. And then in responding to that, we also programmed the active uses um, around that area. So in terms of activating a street edge, um, making use of that uh, preserved tree, we're, we're doing our best to kind of amenitize that landscape area. And then towards the south side of the building, um, the programming is a lot, little bit more utilitarian. And that's really in response to the fact that um, at some point in the future, whether it's immediate or distant future, we, we don't know, uh, we're going to lose a lot of the site area that we're currently anticipating to be used for fire access, for trash access. So we had to work with the city's solid waste division multiple rounds to get into a concept of, well, how can a trash truck in that future come into the building, service the, the trash, and then safely leave the building? And so that actually drove a lot of our site planning and the height of the ground floor is also driven by that because the trucks will get into the building. They have to lift the bins overhead. And so that clearance actually gave us an opportunity to use the mechanical lifts, right? And to squeeze in some parking. And to the question about how, they're, um, how they work in a very conceptual way, it's like a puzzle system where um, in, let's just say in an array of three spaces, there's four levels, one in a pit and three above ground. And within that array, there's always one empty space where it allows the slide, uh, the pallet to move sideways or up and down. So each spot is individually accessed. There's no, um, there's no valets. And each tenant who owns a car who parks there will have its own access. You don't have to rely on your neighbors to leave before you can get to your car. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, so I think that that was really the big driver for us was really how do we kind of make two different contexts work? And I think that was an interesting point about this project. Um, next slide, please. And talking a little bit about the amenities, I think on the ground floor you saw earlier, there's 
spaces that we highlighted as active uses. There's clubhouse. Uh, on the second level, there's a gym. There's co-working spaces. And then on each floor, we set aside a lounge space so that smaller gatherings could happen versus constantly having to go to a big clubhouse, right? And then we set aside two different uh, outdoor area, one on the podium level facing the street. And then on the top level, we took away a unit and created a roof deck. As far as noise exposure to, uh, on these spaces, we are required to provide um, protection for folks using these spaces. And specifically for the outdoor spaces, we're required to provide a, um, I think it was six foot high noise barrier. So at that point, it's taller than, or as tall as most people, taller than me for sure. Um, so the, the noise coming from the street will be buffered and um, reduced to an acceptable level. Um, and if you look at the floor plan in front of you, I think you can notice there are some really deep carve outs out of the building. And I think um, in the next slide, you'll see how that gives us a really interesting uh, toolbox to, to play with the building architecture. Next, please. So this view um, we've looked at earlier from and you can see in the uh, legend, it's looking at it from the intersection of Kiefer and Lawrence Station Road. And so a lot of times when you see projects like these, the impulse is for the corner to have this, you know, infill tower element versus here, we actually look at it as a way to frame that tree, the preserved tree in that corner of the site. Um, and then in response to that kind of um, input, we, we looked at it as a way to, well, can we treat our cladding material as something that looks more like wood? And so we have this um, panel system from a company called Seraclad or something similar that does come in this variegated look, does have that variation in shade and coloring to resemble real wood, except you get the benefit and longevity of a fiber cement product. Um, and then looking throughout the, the massing here, you see the courtyard, the third level, allows the building to be carved out. So it has a subtractive quality to it, um, looks a little bit more sculptural. And then the step down at the top level uh, provides uh, undulation of that kind of brown element as it nestles in and interacts with the white element there. Um, and then also you, you can see there's just different roof lines. You know, a lot of times you see buildings of this scale have a really flat roof line. Here, we have the opportunity to really play with that um, top edge of the building. Uh, next, please. And also on the backside, here's where that really deep carve outs that we saw earlier in the plan allows us to get some distinct uh, separation between massing uh, components. A lot of times in these projects, you see the recesses being three or four feet back just to accommodate a, a uh, balcony. Here, it's a real true carve out. And so these tower elements seem to sit as its own building. And so it allows us a way to really break down the mass into smaller components and treat it almost like a front of house uh, elevation. A lot of times the back of house is really flat, really monotonous here. It's all four sides are visible. So we treated um, the back side with as much care as we could, uh, as, as we did on the front side. Um, next, please. Mr. Lay, apologies yeah. for the interruption. The applicant's time has expired. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And this is the last slide for the uh, material palette. Thank you. Thank you very much for the presentation. Um, at this point, we'll have commissioners uh, have the opportunity to ask questions and comment, provide comments. And as a reminder to my colleagues, please use the raise hand button to indicate that you wish to speak. Uh, first up, we have Commissioner Shukla. Thank you. Thank you, Chair, Vice Chair. Uh, so um, 
I, I mean, thank you for presentation and thanks for bringing new technology in the buildings. Um, I have like the one question is very general that did you like do studies about like, I mean, you are saying that this will be more like people will rent the rooms out. They, and they, isn't that like the ownership is the model here? Like the, you want the people to own that that um, individual units and then they will rent it out. Is that the concept? I think the concept is uh, overall building management. And then that would um, kind of organize and manage the rentals. So oh. it's not individual owners buying a unit and then renting out to folks. Is that the, the okay, question? Okay, got it. So it's more like, um, but it's like they are, okay. So, but there is, thank you. I understand it now. So uh, another question is technical. It's a, when you have the bulk, I mean, all the stairs mm -hmm. have a balcony. When you have to go behind the bulk, which you were talking about that mm -hmm. openings yes. from the stairs, those are unusable because people have to really go and like walk. I mean, they're not in, owned by individual unit it's more like general open space but it's very i mean how do you kind of go there oh you know i, I think to clarify i may have um wasn't clear on that it, th those balconies are access from the units they're not coming out from the stairs those are the third floor but what about on the all the way on the five floors yeah all, all of the units uh have access to the balconies you don't have to go through a stair to access the balconies oh okay yeah, i think the plans um they may have different components nestled next to each other, but to access the balconies, it's coming from the unit, not through the common area stairs. Oh, so they are they are owned by different. Correct. Yeah. Oh, that's They're good. Unique to each unit. Okay, because yeah. I, you know, I didn't see that, but I know that on the third level you have units like those five units have a tons of large open space. Right. And right. those will be used. It's a private, more like private. They're all space. private, yes, okay. yep, for each unit. Yep. Okay, that's, uh, and then anything else I have? Um, oh, I just want to say that um, uh, your uh, material choices are uh, very good. I, I think I just want to comment on the material choices because it breaks up the units and it kind of creates um, uh, a nice uh, structure for it. And um, we, uh, I know this is not for the staff, but across the across the i mean for you maybe did you like um did you do some studies over the the apartments across the streets and their business models because in terms of the design the, yeah like whether this will survive i mean because it's competition or is that the or like i mean because they have also bmr mm. some apartments and all but have you like done some studies or something? Because I'm just curious that um, they have, uh, and they still are advertising. Mm -hmm. Those apartments have a lot of units open. So I was just curious that, have you done some yeah. study? I don't know, maybe Ray can speak to that. You yeah. can, if yeah. you have, yeah. Um, can you, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. I think it's a really good question. So I think the point is that the units are flexible enough so that they could be rented out or purchased by a family even. So I, I think there's a lot of flexibility in that, but I think having kids that are in their 20s, 30s, and I've seen a lot of friends, kids who actually do kind of rent units together and we don't like the hierarchy that necessarily exists with a primary bedroom with its own bath 
and you know where people have to share bathrooms you know when you're in your 20s 30s it's not quite like a dorm anymore so that's why we looked at it that way that it gave more um privacy to the people in those units but we were thinking as Hawaii said usually one person per bedroom but you never know sometimes it becomes a, a young couple also where they share an apartment yeah i think i see that um, i mean because those people don't have much opportunities to to buy it but when you say manage by apartment person that's hard because if you are if you just sell it to them you know uh, because those are the things we don't have i know that like i'm talking completely um uh, not about the rentals yeah. but um there is i mean so you're bringing these new categories in the city that's and, what we felt there was a need especially in an area like sunnyvale where you have a lot of young workers come in and real estate is so expensive and it's very hard for them to afford anything so you, even you know very difficult for them to rent a single unit by themselves and that's why they sometimes co-op these things and i thought that was a niche that really wasn't addressed by most of the other apartment buildings in the area so it's kind of anecdotal that we came up with this, but we sort of feel like there's flexibility in the design that if it didn't quite work out the way we're seeing it, a family could easily take any of these units. Thank you. I, I really like it. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Shukla. Next, we have Chair Pine. Uh, yeah, first, I'm actually going to start off by uh, commending you because I think it's actually really, really important that we recognize that there is a need, there is a desire for people that aren't necessarily blood relatives or traditionally or traditional family unit to be to be essentially cohabitating not in in the same in the same units i there are a number of jurisdictions as i alluded to earlier that do try to restrict this frankly speaking i think that's i think the jurisdictions that do try to restrict it should have their laws stricken down like just i won't get into that rant here because it's frankly off topic but i but i really like where you're going with this it's an it's an important need for especially, especially as you've stated and it's very much appreciated uh so a few questions i had uh uh first of all the park the going back to the parking uh how are those spots being allocated and my immediate follow-up to that is going to be how does how does guest parking work essentially if somebody's you know visiting one of their friends that lives here yeah so in terms of parking management i think that's not a question i can answer at this point because that goes in with building management unfortunately you know that's that's something that we you know we just don't have that model quite yet but in terms of meeting over a parking count that's what we're focused on um, in terms of guest parking there is currently no guest parking assigned for this project yeah okay i mean i mean like honest like i mean just when i was there when i visited the site over the weekend like i know there was some there was like i think it was signed as two hour parking in the across kaif across kaifer i didn't park at costco but if you were to proceed some you were to if you were to kind of pursue some kind of agreement with Costco to use some of their parking I think you'd probably have to do that at odd hours the Costco parking tends to be pretty full but uh, I know it would it's just something to think about I I definitely have seen conditions of approval in previous projects that are related to parking so it's just something that is worth thinking about just because 
guess just because there will need to guests will need somewhere to park at some point and if they're spilling out into mm -hmm. and it's and it is and i think it's important to figure out it doesn't necessarily have to be on site but just it, it is an impact that will happen somewhere uh i i appreciate the look work into the back into the backs into the aesthetics of the backside the back the back of the project is going to be highly visible because of the costco parking lot i I'm not going to be campaigning for keeping the trees in the back in the back. I think it would be I think it would have been good if there had been some way to save those trees, but I also I also am very sympathetic to the site constraints. I if if like I think if if I could like like I'd be happy to sit here and say, oh, could you move the project a little closer to the roads and sit, try to save those trees in the back? Back, but I get given the regrading, given everything that that's not that's not a reasonable ask. But so I I appreciate, but I do appreciate the look, making sure those that side looks because that Costco is again it's highly used. People will be looking at that side every single day. I want I I would want to make sure that the noise that obviously the primary concern for noise proofing is against Lawrence and, and against Kiefer, but also is to some extent designed towards the Costco parking lot, just because again, that is so heavily used. Uh, uh, I mentioned the sidewalk with earlier. I What sidewalk improvements are you looking at? It was a little hard for me to see that from the plans. Yeah, and I think... Uh, um... Momoko actually mentioned that, you know, we are okay. providing the um, sidewalk profile that Public Works requires, which is a uh, planting strip. So to separate the right. street from the sidewalk and then the sidewalk with, um, it, I forgot the number off the top of my head, but it is per Public Works requirements. So it, I think a minimum of uh, five to six feet. And then there is one area where there is an existing street pole yeah. and street tree where we do have to kind of navigate around. That's the... Yeah. I'm, one I'm, instance of yeah deviation. no i'm fine with it being navigated around there's just like just in the existing conditions there's one where there's like a street light that's literally in the middle of the sidewalk and that one and the width probably goes to some i didn't measure it but it probably goes to like three or four feet and you have to kind of i i wouldn't want to be navigating around with it in a like a wheelchair i'll phrase it that way <laughs> yeah so, so the new sidewalk would actually maintain that new width around the light pole so the improvement yeah. will make that yeah uh, much more uh, yeah so navigable. that's good yeah. uh uh on sheet uh sb 2.0 uh that has a there's kind of estimated walking time frames but they're using concentric circles which i don't think is really an accurate measurement of parking sorry of walking speed uh has there been any kind of guesstimate of what the walking time frame would be given that people are not given that people are using their legs and they're not flying yeah so i think to answer first point that map was to show general vicinity to to the uh, transit station yeah right it's not to represent what the actual walking distance is um if we were to uh ask for a certain concessions citing the proximity to transit we would have provided the uh walking uh, yeah. walking time analysis okay yeah. cool yeah. just because it's just it's just a little mm -hmm. i you know I, I just see the three minute circle and i'm like you couldn't walk there in three minutes unless you were jumping you know unless you were playing yeah. frogger with various 
yeah, various elements. Uh, I and just this is less for you and more kind of a general observation. But uh, the great thing about having in-person meetings again is that uh, you can is that uh, if you want to bring like samples of building materials or something, that is totally a thing that is now possible. And I'm not act and I think I'm actually flagging that just more for staff to just to make sure applicants know that if you know if you have like a cool a cool project material like you were describing and there's and like there's a you know and there's like some kind of small sample or something that is totally a thing that I know I would appreciate seeing in person like like what from what you've described I it sounds like very you know it's just you've described high quality materials and mm -hmm. I don't have any qualms on that part I just wanted to flag that as hey if you want to show us if you want to show us something that's not just a printout that is totally a thing uh, that is all I had uh, uh, the set, as I met, I think I mentioned, I, I think the setback waivers are, and the, just the distance related waivers in general are reasonable considering the site constraints, this give, assuming adequate noise proofing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I do, I think it's, but this is a very weirdly shaped lot. It's probably going to become an even more weirdly shaped lot. And I, I think the the setbacks are reasonable given those constraints. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, it is 7 p.m. So I do want to just make a, a call out for those that are tuning in that the this is not the regularly scheduled planning com uh, commission yet. Um, we're still in the study session and we'll be beginning the normally scheduled planning commission meeting afterwards. The chair um, would note that given the very light agenda for the public hearing part of tonight's agenda, Pete does not care if this goes over. <laughs> received. Um, thank you, Chair. Uh, next, we have Commissioner Davis. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair. Thank you for the presentation. It's very nice. Um, I will echo Chair Pine's uh, sentiments. Um, yeah, thinking of individuals before they're starting a nuclear family and building housing for them i am completely totally for that so my son just started off at college <clears throat> and i pulled one of my younger co-workers today um, who lives with the number of roommates a single man um well he was 25 a couple of years ago <laughs> so you know how it goes right you start working with them they're 25 and all of a sudden they're 28 but uh uh he was like just ecstatic at the idea. Um, so um, I understand the whole point you're making about uh, you have this hierarchical <laughs> system of roommates who gets the master bedroom and and so on and so on. So designing uh, to remove those types of conflicts and so on, I, I, I think you're really on to something. Uh, thank you for doing that. A um, couple of things um, on slides three four and five your picture is kind of old um the sweet tomatoes has been gone for a good while now it makes me a little bit sad we we went there pretty frequently um and then i have a question about uh, by my calculations you left about seven units on the table um so why didn't you go a couple of stories i, I have my suspicions why but why didn't you go a couple stories more and add seven more units you have enough zoning to accommodate it yeah so i think to that point first i missed the flatbread at sweet tomatoes you know i love that <laughs> one of my favorite items um but 
for two reasons to your question. I think one was the number of parking that we needed to support those extra units. I, um, to the point about guest parking, we, we've first started off the project with a 10 foot setback. And in that iteration, we actually had some guest parking, but by moving the site and accommodating the trash internal mm -hmm. access, we had to you know set aside that space for trash. Um, so one reason was not enough parking to get those extra units. And then the second uh, reason was the construction type. At that point, if we were to add a story, it would have become a high-rise um, building, which would have required bigger stairs, uh, more stringent fire access requirements. I, I think that became a conflict with how much space we had to work with mm -hmm. also. Yeah. Um, that was kind of my expectation, parking and, and uh, building requirements. You have to change the architecture. Architectural engineering, I should say, right? So. Yeah. Um, I am actually slightly sad that the glass is going away. Um, this is kind of, this one building feels like the only building that was built in the 80s <laughs> in Sunnyvale. Um, you know, we just haven't allowed anything to be built for so long. Um, and so <clears throat> a few buildings on, on Lawrence Expressway, it's like, okay, yeah, some things did go up in the mid 80s. Uh, having said that, I I really like the thoughtfulness of the design and the architecture. Um, um, actually making use of the, uh, what's the word for it when you have to cut out of the building? Um, oh, the carve-outs? Yes, the carve-outs. Uh, actually making use of them and, and finding something to do with them. Um, but I really like that. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting project. Um, I wish the trees could stay. Um, it, it's, I mean, you're in a sea of parking. It's gonna, right. The trees would have would, would have softened that a bit. Um, it's not it's not your problem to deal with, but um, I worry about the pedestrian um, separation. Um, there is a lot of car traffic there. Uh, it's one of the busiest Costco's around. Um, you know. Um, I would like to see some kind of bollard protection or something like you see all over France um, that separated the sidewalk and people would tear up their cars before they could hit somebody. Uh, but I know that's that's not your battle to fight. Um, having said all that, um, when what's your proposed timeline for this at this point? Gosh, I mean, this project has taken almost four years to get to this point. Um, so I think as when when or if we get the entitlements, I, I think we'll have to re-examine because I think the the building codes have changed quite a bit since we first started. You know, mm -hmm. construction marketplace has changed quite a bit. So I think it was a question we haven't really broached because we've just been so focused on, well, how do we get the planning and the overall concept to work? Um, so to that, I, I think we'll, we'll have to understand the okay. timing a little bit better after this. And well, are there any long-term leases in the office building that would um, keep you from like starting until 2030 or something like that? I think I'll have to defer to Ray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Davis. Next, we have Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair. Um, so I, I'm pretty familiar with this area. I worked for some years at the building directly across Lawrence and then for another period of time at the building, which is no longer there, directly across Kiefer on the same corner. Um, 
So I've walked all over the area many, many times. Uh, let's see. I, I had the question about EV chargers in this lift system. How how do, how many EV chargers do you have? Do they all have EV chargers? And in uh, a few years, when it's almost all electric vehicles, will that be able to be accommodated? Yes. So this lift system, every single pallet, if you will, has a port for a future EV. And so that to answer your question, theoretically, every single space could be EV if it needs to be. How many will there be at day one? Um, I think it's most likely for us to follow the reach code or the state building code, whichever is more stringent. But uh, to, to that point, you know, we do have to size electrical rooms to accommodate for future EV spaces. So that part kind of gives us the infrastructure that we need to provide the EV that, you know, we foresee in the future. Right, right. Okay, good. Uh, the um, So uh, under current law, there would be, uh, maybe this is for staff, but uh, this close to transit, there would be no parking requirements, right? But in, in 2016, that wasn't in course so there are still no parking requirements for this or for the project yeah. you mean yeah. um the the parking requirement that or the parking that they require sorry parking that they're proposing is per the 2016 okay um which was 1.7 parking spaces for three bedrooms or more so there the requirement actually um, calculates to 50 and they're providing 52 spaces. And there's no requirement for guest parking? I'm yeah, sure I was I've just looking at that yet. with, um, but there is no um, yeah, unassigned spaces defined in the LSAP, but we actually push for those two extra spaces for the leasing office employees. And I guess it could be used for guest parking otherwise as well. But um, so there are five spaces that's not within the mechanical unit. I think two are ADA. Right. And then there are three, right? I think why. Um, right. And then if the grade separation does happen to be a mythical concept, <laughs> you know, in practical terms, that whole internal trash access point could be interim guest parking that's how it was originally um i know this is not a kind of official parking that we can count on but there may be some possible uses for that because i suspect the these how many people are are going to have somebody visit them at some point in time so uh and if everybody around there does the same thing anyway um that that seems problematic um the um uh it was mentioned before there's only one access in and out and for is isn't this an issue for fire uh the uh the construction above the podium is is wood isn't it yeah that's correct uh which does burn so there's only one that i guess our fire people are were okay with that yeah as far as I understand, um, we did go through fire department comments and had multiple rounds of uh, review. As we iterate the site plan, every time we've done an update, we brought in fire department to look at, well, how would they access the site, including the fact that 
in the future, the curb line may be tighter to the building. So we, we've kind of massaged the building to make it work for both contexts. Yeah. Right. Well, that's for the fire truck to get in there. But if mm -hmm. you're in there and it's burning, uh, there's only one way out, right? And that's... Uh... Uh, within the building, we have two two sets of stairs. So that, that meets the building code uh, requirements. Um, not sure. If, was that they your must question? all come to the same point then if there's only one. For the occupants, there's the two different stairs will lead to two different discharges. For the fire department, the Kaifa road is actually a second point of access because it's within a certain distance from the curb line. So the fire trucks would be able to set the ladder at a reasonable angle as not to be dangerous for firefighters. So then one point of access is Kiefer. The other point is along Lawrence Station Road. Um, I think in our set, there's a page dedicated to that um, fire access diagram. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Um, yeah, overall, I uh, for reasons that have already been mentioned, I, I really like the uh, creativity of uh, this uh, very awkward uh, that you've used with this very awkward uh, uh, lot shape. But uh, I, I wish we saw more. I think this is very innovative, and, and I wish we saw more proposals that were affordable by design. And my concept of that had been you just need a lot of little uh, units to make it affordable by design, but this is this is a way to to do that, and with the the common areas and the uh, you know the the work areas, you you've come up with a way to uh, to have it affordable by design, but with a lot of flexibility and uh, really, a, I think, a sense of uh, of spaciousness that would not be there in a uh, a unit that was just a, a bunch of very small housing units. So I hope we see more of these. This is very, uh, and it's close to transit too. But I, I really, uh, I really like the approach, and uh, it really is tailored to the the world we live in now, and the the needs we have for the um, population. Maybe as we see more developments, maybe in Moffat Park or whatever, this would be a a really good model. So uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Sorney. Uh Commissioner Shukla. I just want to make a comment. Uh, you are saying affordable by design. I did some survey around the area. The BMR, the, the affordable unit for one bedroom rental is $2,800 to start with. So no affordability. So believe me, I mean, there is it's just crazy to think that it's affordable in them. So these units will be very expensive uh, because the, the quality of those units are, I would say a little lower than Sunnyvale standards. They don't have any green spaces. They, they are just like uh, both the units across the streets and the other Nova. So I kind of checked it out uh, what's going on in that right now. So I would say that I don't know about affordability just to disappoint you, but um, anyway, the, it has nothing to do with your the comments on you. Thank you, Commissioner Shukla. Uh, seeing no other hands, right? If you want to lower your hand, just so know. Uh, seeing no other hands, uh, Vice Chair has just a couple of comments. Uh, first, I you came here seeking input, and the the feedback is that it's a beautiful design, in my opinion. Um, I have. I guess the concern that I have, it's similar to what's been echoed, but you've introduced a design that's innovative, um, that takes advantage of the fact that 
Uh, there's people that need, there'll be people that aren't necessarily blood relatives living together, but there are only 50 parking spots. And so you have 29 units and you expect a lot of people to be living together who aren't necessarily sharing a vehicle. So I see that being an issue. I, and, and also as opposed to one family that might have guests, you can, you now potentially have uh, that one guest multiplied by four in a four bedroom apartment. So the the potential for some challenge in that area, it's unique. And being an innovator, you might find some unique problems. Um, and hopefully, you know, using like, for instance, the, the, the mechanical lift is, you know, a, a creative way of using that space as well. Um, I don't know how to solve uh, the parking situation, but I do see that being a congested area right there because of that. Um, I also wanted to commend the use of, of your terracing uh, on the building so that you you get people that, that are able to use the space outdoors and you have the no, noise barriers. So that it's an area that is pretty congested and yet maybe it can offer them some respite from you know, city life, which I think is really nice. Um, but I, I do think, I don't know the solution for parking, but uh, at the 1.7 per three bedroom, that would probably work for more conventional, but but what for what you're um, looking to achieve, I, I think that it probably would be better suited with more parking. Mm -hmm. um, and at this point, I will go ahead and open the public forum for comment on this specific item. Members of the public wishing to address the planning commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer or use the raise hand button now or dial star nine on the telephone to indicate you wish to speak. I will call on members of the public participating in person first. Then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone when it is their turn to address the planning commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the timer will be displayed on the screen. Um, not seeing any in-person speakers. Recording officer, do we have any uh, uh, speaker cards? We do not, Vice Chair. All right. Is anyone, um, recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? Not at this time. Okay. I will go ahead and close the public comment. Um, thank you so much uh, for coming and sharing and, and bringing a vision that's innovative to Sunnyvale. Go ahead, please. Please. I want to thank you very much for your feedback. I think the parking issue is a very valid concern. And there's a possibility perhaps exists that we can even excavate further down to create another level of parking, because I think that's a very, very valid issue. Uh, especially because we are not guaranteed of cooperation from Costco. So I think that's a, that's a really good point. And I really wish to thank you and especially staff it's not been an easy process i think we have a great team of architects but without staff's cooperation and help and input i don't think we would have gotten here but i feel very encouraged that all of us i may, I may be the only guy with you know 30 year old or 20 year old kids but i think I'm, I'm glad that everybody recognizes that need in the society that we live in now that we want to encourage people to stay in the community where they grew up and not be forced out of here because they can't afford living here so thank you very much, and uh, I appreciate it. I hope we'll be back here with you know a project that eventually will get built. So thanks again. Thank you. Your comments are very gracious and well received. Um, and perhaps you could offer Costco memberships with the, the building. Um, I will. This study, this uh, study session is adjourned at seven nineteen p.m. Thank you so much. There, that's what I Thank you, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.
I would eat so much pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, good evening and Good evening, and let's call to order the Planning Commission meeting of uh, Monday, September 25th, 2023 at 7.19 p.m. Uh, the city of Sunnyvale strongly denounces hate speech and does not tolerate disruptive behavior in our meetings. Sunnyvale prides itself on the rich diversity of our residents. We are committed to creating a culture of belonging where members of our diverse community feel included, safe, and respected. Before we get started, I'd like to remind participants of some procedural items for this meeting. During the meeting, remote participants remain muted when not speaking. If remote participants have a question or comment, please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon to speak one at a time, and a random order voice vote will be administered by the recording officer for each vote. Members of the public may participate in person, online, or by telephone to provide public comment. Please submit a speaker card to the recording officer in person or use the raise hand feature online to request to speak. That's star nine on a telephone. Location and teleconference meeting details are available on the agenda. Captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the show captions button. Comments on matters not on the agenda must be submitted prior to the time I call the item for all communications. Comments on agenda items must be submitted prior to the time I close the public hearing on the agenda item. Speakers are requested to keep their comments no more than three minutes and time limits will be strictly enforced. Guidelines are posted on the city's website and on the meeting agenda. Please join me in the salute to the flag. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Recording officer, may we please have the roll call. Commissioner Howe. Present. Commissioner Shukla. Present. Chair Pine. Present. Commissioner Cerrone. Present. Commissioner Davis. Present. Vice Chair Iglesias. Present. We have six commissioners present, and Commissioner Howard's absence is excused. Thank you. Uh, that brings us to oral communications. Members of the public will now have an opportunity to address the Planning Commission on topics not listed on tonight's agenda. This section is limited to 15 minutes and may be extended or continued after the public hearing's general business section of the agenda. Individuals are limited to one appearance with a maximum of up to three minutes per speaker. As a reminder to the public, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Raise your digital hand now or dial star nine on a telephone if you wish to address the Planning Commission. I will call members of the public participating in person first, and the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone when it is their turn to address the planning commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak, and the timer will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speakers. Is anybody, uh, recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? Not at this time, Chair. Thank you. I will go ahead and close oral communications and proceed to the consent calendar. I will go ahead and open public comment on consent calendar items. Members of the public wishing to address the Planning Commission wish please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. I will call upon members of the public participating in person first. Then the recording officer will ask our participants to unmute their microphone when it is their turn to address the Planning Commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speakers. Recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? Not at this time, Chair. Thank you. I will close public comment and I'll ask for a motion for my colleagues. Commissioner Howe. I move the consent calendar approve the Planning Commission meeting minutes of August 28th, 2023. Thank you. 
Commissioner Schuchler. I second it. Thank you. Uh, is there a discussion or advocacy on, on the consent? I don't think that should be in the script for the consent calendar. Uh, recording officer, please conduct a roll call vote on the consent calendar. Vice Chair Iglesias? Yes. Commissioner Howe? Yes. Commissioner Shukla? Yes. Chair Pine? Yes. Commissioner Davis? Yes. Commissioner Cerrone? Yes. The motion passes with six yeses and Commissioner Howard with an excuse absence. Thank you. Uh, public hearings, general business. There is nothing tonight. Uh, potential study issues, that's information only. That brings us to non-agenda items and comments. This portion of the agenda is for all reports and announcements by commissioners and or staff to steer, share information. Commissioner comments, uh, a reminder to my colleague to use the raise hand button to indicate that they wish to speak. Uh, do commissioners have any non-agenda items or comments? Commissioner Howe? No worries. Uh, I actually had a non-agenda item and comments, which is when do we get to use the room over there? <laughs> um, maybe November. I think they want to do a few dry runs with the council meeting and hopefully we'll be in there by then. Okay. I. There's a lot of fun. I'm gadgets. looking forward to it. So, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to annoying to to uh, giving public comment in that room tomorrow night. But uh, that that but that's that is my personal capacity. Uh, uh, staff comment, uh, planning officer. Do you have any non-agenda items or comments? Uh, just one. Um, there was a joint study session that was announced for October 17th with uh, sustainability planning and BPAC. Um, that's been canceled and they'll go ahead and set a new date. Uh, it just hasn't been determined yet. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I noticed uh, for the slides in tomorrow's housing element study session, there was a potential planning commission meeting on hearing on that for December. Am I, is that correct? Don't know off the top of my head, but I think so, because I think they're trying to get everything wrapped up so that we can get yeah, it to I you. I remember it was like the first or second. I, I, I just looked at those slides very briefly okay. before I came here. I they And it mentioned a planning commission hearing, which would, is why I wanted uh, Would you guys like me to notify you um, if we have a date? I can email you, let you know. If that would be helpful. Okay. I mean, I, I'm i going to be there tomorrow night, All but, right. <laughs> but I don't expect everybody else will be. So. All right. I'll send an email out and let you guys know. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, that brings us to adjournment. This meeting of the Sunnyvale Planning Commission is adjourned at 7.26 p.m. And I want to thank everyone for your participation.